Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room or you're worshiping with us online, we want to welcome you today. Let's join together. If you're in the room, let's stand together this morning and worship Him. He's worthy of praise. Amen. He has brought us through so many things. And with all the miracles that He's done in our lives, He's not about to stop now. Amen. I give you glory for all you brought me through, and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you, and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Your presence. Your presence. 
was kind of loud. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Where we can raise up holy hands and just bless God with our praise and thank him for allowing us yet another day. And to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. God bless you. We have the most wonderful model in the world when it comes to who we should be. And that is our wonderful Father God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I chose a scripture today that has helped me throughout my years, especially here lately with some things my family has encountered. I want to share it with you. Psalm 46. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble at the waters as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms shall crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here amongst us. Brothers and sisters, the heavenly host is here amongst us, just as our Lord. The God of Israel is our fortress. And I want to jump over to verse 10 where it says, most of us know it, be still and know that I am God. Let us go before the Lord in prayer where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. And I don't know about you, church, I'm always in need of God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for meeting us here today. We feel your divine presence. For there's joy in this house today, dear God. And you're said wherever you are, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you, dear God, for being our father, our daddy. We wish you a happy Father's Day. And we want to please you in every thought, word, and deed. Throughout this day and the rest of our lives, may the, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, Father. Be acceptable in thy sight. For thou art our strength and our Redeemer. Father God, please forgive us of all sins of iniquity. Let no sins, no iniquities have dominion in our hearts ever again. We want to be good, obedient children. We thank you, God, for protecting us, for keeping us safe from dangers seen and unseen alike, dear God. Lord, we thank you for your promise that your angels will keep charge over us to keep us in all our ways, even bearing us up in their hands, that we might not dash our foot against the stones. Lord, we ask today in Jesus' name you bless all our congregants. Lord, bless all Christendom. Help us, Lord. You know our needs. We have humbled ourselves today, dear God, and we come to you in prayer, seeking relief, seeking, dear God, help from our Father. Lord, once again, we love you. Please watch over us. Accept our thanksgiving today for all that you've done and all that we know you plan to do. And Lord, we think 
It will be proper to thank you for what happened the other day. We thank you for the acknowledgement and the celebration of Juneteenth Day. For the truth will set you free. And we think that has been shown in that, in that one act, that one bit of truth. We love you, Lord. We give you honor. We give you glory. In the mighty, magnificent, matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And church, can we say amen and amen and one for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Next weekend, we will begin a three-week series entitled, This is God in Us. In these messages, we will take time to have open discussion about the fact that we are created in the image of God and how that impacts our lives, our families, and our ministries. Beginning this Thursday and continuing every week throughout the summer, Daniel and Chrissy Carroll will be hosting the youth group at their house from 9 a.m. till noon. They will be providing breakfast, and the group will watch episodes of The Chosen, followed by swimming and fellowship. Since the onset of COVID, we've been unable to host a new members class, but we are happy to announce that we have scheduled our next membership opportunity. Next Sunday, June 27, from 4 to 5.30 p.m. at the Bear Campus, Pastor Roger will lead this class. You will have an opportunity to hear about the ministries of our church, ask any questions you have about getting involved. For more information, contact the church office. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week.
Good morning, everyone, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. So before I forget, you probably saw a couch outside wondering what it was. So before you leave, it would be great if you could, you know, if you wanted to, take a picture for your dad or take a picture with your dad on the couch. And there's cool little props that you can play around with and you could get as creative as possible. I did it before the service started. I made literally like a little whiteboard with my favorite quotes from my dad and favorite memories with him, and I sent it to him since he is home at the moment. So again, get creative with it and have fun with it. So welcome, everyone. So welcome to everyone in person, and welcome to those online. So don't forget to fill out the Connect card to let us know that you are here. Pastor Roger is showing it. Last night, I was saying he makes a great teacher because he's giving you a visual representation. <laughs> and then for those online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the little bubble that most likely just popped up in the chat. And then also, you can write a prayer if you have any prayer requests. We are always praying for you. And I think I forgot about my new people online. You can also click the New Here um, button at the top and the one it may have actually showed up in the chat already, my bad, but you can also click the new here button. And then for those of you new here to our congregation, before you leave, there is the welcome center outside and to the left near the couch. So it's perfect. You can go to the welcome center and then go take a picture with your dad or for your dad. And now I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Roger. And I add my welcome to all of you this morning and everybody online. And if you if you're here, if you pulled in the parking lot, you noticed that uh, parking was a little bit of an issue today because of the car show that we've got going on outside. That that's nine o'clock till one o'clock today. So if you're online and you want something to do, uh, come on over. And we we'll probably have about a hundred cars or so. I, I didn't count the cars that are being shown. And uh, there's a food truck and everything out there. And so uh, come on by and have a good time. Uh, worship is still on at eleven o'clock. If you want to come by, uh, still come by for worship for that. One of the ways we stay connected here is absolutely through this Connect card. So anytime you worship with us, we want you to fill out the Connect card. On the back of it is also a place for prayer, as, as Rebecca has said. You can also place prayers on the offering envelope that we have. And that's so important because we do pray for each other in this church. And we want to know. I was just talking with somebody out in the car show about uh, the COVID and how they felt isolated, and even from the church. And it was very difficult for us. So these... These Connect cards are extremely important for us, so please uh, fill them out and uh, stay in touch with us, and we'll stay in touch with you in that way. We want to practice generosity in this, in, in, at Christ the Cornerstone, and we have several principles that we follow as we practice generosity. And on the screen, we're going to see one of those principles. And this is, I ask you to read this out loud with me, if you would, please. Principle six, we give according to our ability and beyond. And here's a scripture that illustrates this principle for us. And read this too with me. Then they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. We give our God desires for us to give our whole self to him. In everything we do. So as we worship him, we're giving ourselves to him. As we serve him, we're giving ourselves to him. And God asks us to do that generously. And as we do that, we discover that we grow. Our faith increases. Our trust in God increases. And we're actually able to accomplish what Jesus tells us to do in the world.
Let me invite you, if you're here, to stand with me. We'll continue worshiping God uh, and I'm gonna, in song as the team leads us. So let me ask you to stand as I offer a prayer and we'll continue worshiping God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your generosity to us, for the ways, the skills that you've given to all of us, the abilities that we ask. We ask you to help us give even more than we think we can give, and you will restore, you will restore us. You will give back to us. You will strengthen us. You will heal us. We thank you for all of those things. We worship you and we praise you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Lord, we worship you because you are mighty. We worship you because there is no one else beside you. There is no one as powerful as you. There is no one as great as you. The wind is watching every gesture of your hand. Waves of peace collapse at your command. I know tomorrow when the pressure rushes in, you'll be
God. You know what the coolest thing is about that? We sing about a God who is mighty and sing about a God who is all-powerful. But we also sing about a God who is right here in this room with us. The book of Philippians says that Jesus took on himself the form of man. He didn't, he didn't think that being equal with God was something for him to be grasped. But he put all that down so he could come and be with us. And Emmanuel is normally a word that we only use at Christmas time, but he's with us all the time. It doesn't matter. And so, yeah, we serve a mighty God, but we also serve a personal God. And a God who is right here in this room with us, changing lives, turning us around, setting our feet on a solid rock. And Lord, we thank you for that today. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. That's right, give him praise. Sorry. 
us give them a great hand clap, brothers and sisters, in honor of our wonderful God, the great forgiver. Aren't you glad he forgave you of your sins? I know that I am. I sleep good because God forgave me of all my sins. Praise God. Let us go once again before the Lord in prayer. Pray for our service. Pray for the message that we're about to hear from our own pastor, Dr. Reverend Pastor Roger Redrick. Praise God. Let's bow our heads, please, in reverence to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you once again for allowing us to be your children. Oh, Abba, Father, bless the message today. Bless the man who's going to bring the word of God to us, dear God. And, Lord, we believe that all the angels in this room are standing at attention for the word of God is about to be opened and pronounced. And, Lord, we honor it, we reverence you. Order our steps, dear God, as you said you would by your word. Anoint Pastor Roger anew. Let your anointing just overflow from him, dear God, today like it did last night. I, I ask them, please don't change that message. Lord, just set him on fire once again with the Holy Ghost. And we will give you all the honor and all the glory in the mighty, magnificent, matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, as healer, redeemer, savior, Messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Good morning again. If you're here in the house, every one of our services, you know, prayer is such an important part of our, our, um, our activities. It's part of our life here at Christ the Cornerstone. If you're here in person for any of our services, just before the message, during the last song that we sing before the message, you'll see a group of people stand around the, the preacher, whoever that is for the day, lay hands on that person and, and offer a prayer asking the Holy Spirit to come upon them. I want you to know that that's not an exclusive thing. And if you're sitting around that area, uh, you know, Pastor Vaughn goes and others go and say, hey, if you'd like to come pray for the pastor, come do that. But we, we don't make that announcement publicly to everybody, but if you're sitting in that area or if you ever want to come and just lay hands on it with a group of people, I invite you to come and do that because that's the congregation coming and saying, Lord, we need to hear from you, not this person. And I said to somebody a few minutes ago, you know, it's humbling to me to have that experience because I'm afraid people will look at that experience and say, well, who does he think he is that everybody surrounds him? Uh Uh-uh. It's not because I'm in any kind of privileged position. It's because I am in need of doing this job with the power and the strength of God through his Holy Spirit. So I invite any of you, if you ever see that happening, just feel free to walk over and lay hands on whoever the speaker is for that day. Anyway, a little bit of, little bit of education, a little, little bit, bit of announcement. If the children have not already gone with Miss Tony, now is the time when you, the children can go with Miss Tony and uh, have some fun with her while we hear God's word here. They're going to uh, hear and see and play God's word uh, wherever the children go. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Let's start with some... Yeah. 
I'm going to do a little contest. And uh, if you're online and you're, you're watching, go to our website and, and scroll down the front page and click on the picture that says uh, Dad Joke Contest. And you can participate in this Dad Joke Contest online uh, if you're watching online with us. I have prizes. So for even for online winners and winners here in the room. So what I what I like for us to do is if you're able, everybody stand up. Everybody will get in this. And the winner is the person who's the, the who gets all of the punchlines correct. This is not just for dads. This is for everybody and uh, to stand up and uh, play along. Except if you were here last night, you are excluded from from this uh, from this. You'll sit. Very good. Nice. And you're on, you're on your own honesty for, for this little game we're going to play. I've got ten dad jokes. And if you get all ten punchlines correct, you win a prize. And the last, the last person standing is the winner. All right, here's the first dad joke. What did one... Go ahead and shout out the answer if you know it. But if, if you, if you uh, get it wrong, you got to sit down. What did one wall say to the other? I'll meet you in the corner. If you got that wrong, sit down. If you didn't guess that, if you knew what it was. Last night, last night, everybody sat down. I thought, what is wrong with this? That was an easy one. That's an old dad joke. Okay. Why don't seagulls ever fly over the Chesapeake Bay? Because they would be bagels if they did. Sit down if you didn't get that one right. All right, we got a, we got a couple. Nice, we got some people still standing up. What did baby corn say to mama corn? Where's popcorn? Excellent. All right, Mary, we still got. <laughs> we got we got anybody in the back standing up? Is that Lynn? I don't know. I can't see who the, who this on the back row up there. Where do boats go when they're sick? To the boat dock. Did you get that one, Mary? No? All right, well, let's see. So, so far, you're, you're the one. How you doing online? We got anybody get, get them all? A little bit different. They got to type in the answer online, and so I'm not sure how that's going to go. But on, online, the winner online is going to be the, everybody who submits correct answers. I'll just randomly pick a winner out of, out of the people who submit correct answers. So if you want to play online right now, you can go, you got till 1030 to enter into the, the online game. So you can get out your phone and you can go through this online. Remember, there's a website, scroll down, find dad joke contest. All right, where were we? Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Because it was too tired. What do you do? What do you do to get a squirrel to be your friend? You gotta act like a nut. Why don't eggs tell jokes? They'll crack each other up. Excellent. Very good. Got that. What do you call a nose that does not have a body attached to it? Nobody knows. Excellent. I'm glad you got that. That was my favorite one. What did the hat say to the shoes? You stay there. I'm going on ahead. Last one. Why are skeletons always afraid? They got no guts. <laughs> That's fun. Dad jokes are great. <laughs> okay.
Mary, come and get your prize here. Thank you, Mary. You were, the, you were the last one standing, so good for you. Yay. Yay for Mary. All right. Got a prize. Got a, I, got a, I got a prize for the next service and a prize for the online folks. So we'll see who, who gets those. That was fun. I don't know what that has to do with the rest of my sermon, but it was a lot of fun. Well, we are going to look at a dad in this scripture. We've been, we've been studying the book of Mark. And uh, next week, we're going to start a new series. We're going to take a break from our Mark series for three weeks. And as you saw in the video, the, the series that I'm starting next week is called uh, This is God in Us. You heard of the television show, This is Us? I decided to insert the God in us. And the question I'm asking is, what does it mean when the Bible says God created humans, male and female, in God's image? What is the image of God in us in that verse? We're going to take some time, take a couple of weeks and talk about that question and think about that. I think it's timely. I think it's an important question. I think it's a difficult question for people to think about and answer in our world and in our culture today. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing uh, some of what Scripture says about how God has placed his image in each of us and what does that mean? So come back next week for that. But today we're going to go back to Mark chapter nine, and we did this. We, we did Mark nine last week, and and remember that we're answering the question in the book of Mark: Who is Jesus? And so we've answered that so far with nine different words, and we've been rehearsing those all along. And I'm not going to rehearse them today. But today we're looking at the uh, a second part of the book of, of chapter nine in the book of Mark. So if you're online, you want to go to a Bible or if you're here in the room, open the Bibles up or on your app. Uh, follow along with the book of Mark um, out of the New Living Translation. And uh, I will be reading Mark chapter nine, starting with verse 14. Let me see if I can get that over to the right spot. Chapter 9, verse 14. So follow along as I read. A uh, little background to this. This is just after, remember last week we talked about Jesus going with James and Peter and John to the top of a mountain, and on top of that mountain, Jesus met with three prophets, with two other prophets, uh, Moses and Elijah. And on top of the mountain, the, Peter w was so amazed with what was happening that he said, let's build three little shelters to, to honor this occasion because this is a mountaintop, literally a mountaintop experience. And uh, so Peter, J Jesus said, no, don't do that. And God said, this is my son who I love. I want you to listen to him. Listen to him. So that was last week. And then Jesus comes down from the mountain. From that mountaintop experience, Peter is all excited. And now we're going to read what happens when they came down from the mountaintop. And it's not all pretty. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. Some of the teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus... They were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. I want to pause here for a minute and go back to this: the teachers of religious law arguing with the disciples. And picture this. The, Jesus, the leader of the disciples, has gone up the mountaintop with three of his key, his key leaders among James, Peter, and John. 
So we know how we know how this works. When the cat's away, the mice will play. I can imagine the religious leaders saw an opportunity to kind of cut the throats of the disciples and, and, and get in there and say, this Jesus isn't really who he says he is. And they start arguing with the disciples. And the disciples, they're, they're beginning to lose their ground in this. And they're arguing back and forth because Jesus is not there. And I see, I, I see the religious teachers as taking this opportunity to get at some of the disciples. But when the people saw them, they ran to the people saw Jesus coming. They ran to greet him. Jesus asked, what is all this arguing about? And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that will not let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth, he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Now in our world today, we see these symptoms that are described by this boy. And they sound very much like what we today call epilepsy. And they may very well be. But we cannot discount the spiritual forces at work causing this, this boy's epilepsy. So we're not doing a fair reading of the testimony or of the witness that the disciples have given to us if we just ascribe this experience as just epilepsy. There are spiritual things happening in this. And I'm not saying that every illness has a spiritual cause. I am saying this illness has a spiritual cause. And we're, we're not doing justice if we're not also recognizing that there are spiritual forces in our world today doing things that might look just like things that have very natural causes. That's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a point of faith that we, we need to recognize and we need to... We need to deal with and we need to accept and address it there are spiritual forces at work in this world that can only be dealt with in spiritual ways medicine is very important and medicine does a great thing surgeons are extremely important and surgeons and doctors and psychologists bring life and bring healing but they don't do it all always there are times when we need to deal with spiritual things in spiritual ways so Jesus said to them, they couldn't do it. The disciples couldn't do it. Jesus says, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Do you hear Jesus' anger? It's one of the unique things about the book of Mark, in my opinion, that it's, it's a short book and, and it's, it's fairly abrupt. Things happen quickly. And all of a sudden this happens and then this happens. And we see this kind of frustration and this kind of anger from Jesus. And, it, and we, we could call it righteous anger. We can call it holy anger. We could call it holy indignation or, or whatever you want to do it. Because Jesus' anger always moves him toward God's greater good that God wants to do in us. And we've got to, we've got to trust that. We've got to trust our own anger and, and let God use our own anger for good. Well, we can choose to use our anger for evil and for bad, but we need to, you know, let God work in our lives in that way, too. And imagine the disciples again. Here they were. Jesus is up on the mountaintop just moments earlier. This man comes. 
the, 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 and they can't ask them to heal, and they can't bring the healing that the man wants, the man expects, that the boy needs. And the r- religious leaders begin to argue with the disciples. See, this Jesus isn't really who he says. You can't do what, you, what he says you can do. He didn't send you out to do things or whatever they're saying to argue them. So they're, they're getting it from that Jesus is gone. The disciples are getting attacked from, from the religious leaders. They're being questioned. They're being argued with. And then here's this demon that comes, and now they're being attacked by spiritual forces. Now, when you get in situations where you've got multiple things coming at you, how do you react? And who do you go to? (laughs) You run run, run to bed and get under the covers? That's sometimes where I want to go. Yep, been there, done that. Do you go to other people? Do you pray? Do you go to God? Do you call, call out to God even more? Imagine the disciples having all these things coming at them. them. It's not a whole lot different than our own lives today. And Jesus doesn't say, oh, it's okay, I'll take care of it. Jesus adds to the pressure. That's a powerful statement that I just said. Jesus adds to the pressure on the disciples. And he looks at them and he calls them, you faithless people. Other translations. You have no view of God. What's wrong with you? It's almost as if he turns to his heavenly father and he says, God, how long do I have to put up with these people? Other translations put it like this. How many times do I have to tell you this before you get it? (laughs) How many times have we as parents told that to our children? Can you feel the frustration in the disciples and the pressure and even Jesus who we think is kind and compassionate he's angry and he's saying come on my people you can do this this is what I've told you to do this is what I've come to help you do how long must I put up with you bring the boy to me so they brought the boy to him we're at verse 20 but when the evil spirit saw Jesus It threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy. Or maybe Jesus says, how long has this been happening? (laughs) And Jesus and the boy, the father replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Now, Jesus is still kind of ticked off. And Jesus says, what do you mean if? Remember in the book of Mark, I've been saying, we've been answering this question, who is Jesus? So Jesus turns to this father and says, have you not yet learned who I am yet? What do you mean if? So let me ask you that question. (laughs) Have you not yet learned who Jesus is? Why are you saying if you can, Jesus? Anything is possible, Jesus says, if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
I think this is, this is one of the most poignant, pointed human expressions in the entire Bible. I do believe I still have doubts. Help me with my doubts. I think that's probably one of the most honest phrases in the Bible that I can relate to. Can you? Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I got some questions. Help me with my unbelief. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want you to do what you say you can do. Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of the onlookers was growing, Jesus turned to the evil spirit and rebuked it and said, Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. As we would say today, mic drop. (laughs) And then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped the boy to his feet. And he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone with his disciples, they asked him. Another translation says, now the disciples cornered Jesus. Feeling cornered themselves <laughs> in, a, in a, some kind of a trap earlier. Now the disciples have Jesus alone. And they say to him, Master, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And I think this is where Jesus gets compassionate. And he shows a little bit of understanding. And he says, this can be cast out only by prayer. Prayer. Powerful, powerful story. Several things, I've already mentioned them, but let's just pull them out. The desperation of the father. The father is desperate. When have you gotten to that kind of desperation that you are at the end of your rope? You don't have to wait to get to the end of your rope to call out to Jesus, because he's always here. But we do have to show our desperation to Jesus. Everybody else has tried to help my son. Jesus, I heard that you can. If you can. What do you mean if? I do believe, but help my unbelief. And then Jesus gets to work. You see that Jesus, Jesus casts out the evil spirit. The boy still looks dead. Jesus acts. When the rest of us are going to look and see, it's finished, it's all done, it's over, it didn't work. Jesus is going to come and grab hold of that which we think is gone, dead, ruined, whatever. He's going to pick it up and help it back to life. Jesus will do that. There were the blundering disciples in this. I very much relate to the blundering disciples. Do you? I do believe, but help my unbelief. There are times every week 
I wish I did some things differently. I wish I had more faith. Jesus, help my unbelief. I think it's so powerful to see Jesus' anger and that Jesus chooses to use his anger to bring God's glory into this world. That's why he came here. And I think it's important that Jesus doesn't let his disciples off the hook and he doesn't let us off the hook either. Faith is required. We've got to trust in Jesus. We've got to lay our lives before him. And, and say, Jesus, I'm going, to, I'm going to do what you say I'm going to do. And I know that this is an old illustration, but it comes to mind. And it comes from the old movies. Uh, you know, for some of us, they're not so old. The Raiders of the Lost Ark, the second movie. Uh, he, was, he was looking for the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail was in this cave back here. But before he could get to the, where the Holy Grail was, he had to cross this great chasm. And Indiana Jones, he didn't have a rope that was long enough to throw over and climb over. His whip wasn't long enough that he could snap it and tie it to something up at the top of the cave and swing across the chasm. But he had this, he had this saying going through his head, something about the bridge of faith will get you across. And I don't remember what the script said. But Indiana Jones kept thinking about this, this bridge of faith, and he's standing at the, at the edge of this precipice. And if he takes one step forward, he's going to fall down to his death, and he's not going to accomplish what, he, what is his calling to do. And he keeps thinking about this, the bridge of faith, and he's looking up this way, down the chasm. Where's the bridge? Where's the bridge? Where's the bridge? And then it dawns on him... That may, oh, it's a bridge that is made of faith. So it's not going to show up until I show some faith. And then in the movie, you can see him put his foot out. And then you can watch, you can watch as his weight moves forward. And he begins to place the weight of his body over that chasm. And he sees nothing. But in that moment, when, uh, that tipping point, literally, when his weight would throw him down into the chasm... All of a sudden, the bridge appears, and it's solid rock under his foot. Jesus is that for us because of our faith. But it won't happen until we put our weight on Jesus. We've got to rest our lives on Jesus in order to experience the work of Jesus in our lives. And Jesus is compassionate. And then Jesus, there's this mysterious thing. Only This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Prayer leads us intimately into the presence of God who will help us with our unbelief. But don't turn away. And when we don't pray, it's, it's like, okay, all the resources of the entire universe, and we don't know where that universe ends, are in this God. And we connect with this God through our prayers. But if we stop praying, if we stop talking to God, we're not going to have any connection with God. And in order to grab hold of and experience and for God to flow in and through us, we've got to keep praying. Keep praying. Some translations say prayer and fasting. And, and we've all had situations where we've been so overcome by grief or pain or suffering or sadness or whatever that we lose our appetite. 
God's throwing us into an automatic fast. So use that time for prayer and fasting and seek out God and don't stop. I was thinking about examples. What can we use for an example about people who have experienced something so drastic and so disappointing and so painful that they keep praying to God? Pastor Vaughn already mentioned it. And that our nation making today a national or yesterday a national holiday, Juneteenth. And if you don't know what Juneteenth is, you really need to know because it is, it is one of these expressions where God's people for centuries and generations have been praying for something that finally was known and became a fuller reality on Juneteenth. So let me tell you, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, Abraham Lincoln declared all slaves in the United States of America free through his Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. The Emancipation took effect on January 1st, 1863. Got that right? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. 61? 63. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I had 61 going on in my head for some reason. I want to confirm it. So I grew up, I grew up in, a, in a totally white community. And, and at church, every now and then, the pastor would have a, what he called a watch night service on uh, New Year's Eve. And I didn't understand what that was about. And so we, there were times when we'd gather at the church and, and we'd have a, a watch night service and there'd be singing and testimonies and things like that. And I didn't really understand why, what it was. And then when I, when I learned more, and especially when I came here to be the pastor here, we, where we have congregation of, of mixed cultures and I and I and, and we had a watch night service here a few years ago and it was predominantly attended by members of the black community and finally it dawned on me when I connected watch night service with December 31st 1862 and the black community was gathering, waiting for the New Year bells to toll because that was the second of their freedom. Wouldn't you scream and shout and sing and praise God too? Absolutely. And so that happened New Year's Day, 1863. But because the South, the war was still going on, the, 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 the South did not... They weren't not going to tell their slaves that they were free. And so it was two and a half years after that when the Union Army finally had defeated the Confederate Army. And, and the, the Union generals were able to finally get to Galveston, Texas and read the proclamation that said, You're all free. And they didn't know it for two and a half years. Let me tell you this. Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago to set you free from the bondage of sin. And in in the name of Jesus Christ, by your trust in Him, your sins are forgiven. Don't live the life of enslavement to sin. Doesn't matter what color you are. You're free from the life bound by sin and death. And you're free to live the life. 
I looked up some prayers of some of those members of the black community over time who who kept praying, God, free us. And what were those prayers? I, I knew that some of them had to be recorded over time. And one that I found from a woman named Sojourner Truth. If you don't know that name, you should. Sojourner Truth prayed this prayer. She, tra- she would pray, Oh God, you know I have no money, but you can make the people do for me. And you must make the people do for me. I will never give you peace, God, until you do. <laughs> That's a bold prayer. That's stepping out on faith. Reminds me of the story in the Bible of the woman going to the judge, pleading. And she would not let him leave her alone. He went to bed. He locked the door. He, he closed the door. Went to sleep. She's pounding on his door. And Jesus says, I tell you, because of her persistence, that judge will get up and do for her what she wants. God is asking us, don't stop asking me. Harriet Tubman, we should all know that name also. She had a mantra. She had a prayer that she would, she would, stay, that she would say repeatedly as, as she was leading uh, slaves to their freedom. And this is what it was. She says, I'm going to hold steady on you, God, and you've got to see me through. God, you've got to see me through this. Pray that. More recently, W.E.B. Du Bois Praise this prayer. God, give us grace, O God, to dare to do the deed which we well know cries to be done. Let us not hesitate because of ease or the words of men's mouths or our own lives. Mighty causes are calling us. The freedom of women. The training of children, the putting down of hate and murder and poverty, all these and more. Mighty causes. But they call us with voices that require work and sacrifice and death. Mercifully grant us, O God, that spirit of Queen Esther so that we also, like she, may say, I will go unto the king, and if I die, let me die. That's trust. That's faith. I do believe Jesus, but help my unbelief. Where are you today? Where are you today in your relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? Do you place your trust on him? Today's the day decided. I don't know what you're experiencing in your life today. Even if we've been following Jesus for many, many years, there still are times that challenge our faith. And Jesus could very easily turn. Come on, man, where is your faith? I do believe Jesus. Help my unbelief. Let's not stop praying. We've got time as we continue to worship to pray. We've got people who will come to the prayer stands here and they'd be glad to pray with you. You're certainly capable of praying right where you are. The platform area is open if you wish to come here and stand or kneel here for prayer. I invite you. Let's keep praying for God. Ask Christ, Jesus, I'm sorry for my unbelief. I'm sorry that I neglected you and I turned away from you. I'm sorry 
that, that, that I, I've messed my life up, Jesus, and I need you. I'm desperate for you, Jesus. Come, let's pray together as we continue to worship. Would you stand together as we pray and as the team comes and leads us in song? to Jesus. Do you know him? I, I, don't, I don't know everybody in this room, so I don't want to take anything for granted. If you don't know him, before you leave today, you can change that. Earlier, we sang a song that said, I am not who I once was. My whole life has been changed. The forgiver is here today. He's also the healer. He's also the deliverer. He's also the one who sets us free. So if you need prayer for any reason today, there are folks that can pray with you. If you need Jesus today, there are folks that can point you in that direction. Let's continue to worship him today.
that word means so be it to all of the things that not only that we've just sung in this song but everything that's been preached today everything that's been sung before this time every word of scripture that's been read so be it that's what Mary said when the angel came to say that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah she said so be it whatever it is that God wants to do in your life today we can, we can try to control or we can surrender. We don't always have the power to control. In fact, most of the time we don't, but we always have the power to surrender. And that's what he's asking for today is our surrender. Would you pray with me as we prepare to go today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that we've sung in song today. We thank you for the spoken word today. We thank you for the fellowship that we had have had and will have we thank you for your spirit that has been moving among us and we understand that that spirit when we leave this room that spirit goes with us it doesn't stay here it's in all of us so Lord we pray you would multiply that spirit in us day by day we thank you Lord we give praise to you in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen God bless you thank you for being here with us 
Thank you for worshiping online. If you're online with us, our online host will be around for another 15 or 20 minutes. If you need prayer or someone to talk to or talk with, uh, they'll be available. God bless you. Have a great week.